0: So hi, everyone. This is Faye from FaceWorld Media. I will uh, be upfront and say this is a pre-recorded content, but I'm just so thrilled that Roman is here with me. Roman is the CEO of Eventi, one of my current favorite online virtual platforms. In fact, we're using it for the upcoming June 18th Inside Timers big event. It's actually their first summit ever and maddie the event organizer and at uh Inside timer and i have done extensive research we've tried different platforms we settled on eventy and we're really happy with it so uh roman welcome to the show welcome to Phase world podcast
1: thank you for the invitation it's a pleasure to be here
0: it is my pleasure and before i you know say your last name incorrectly i would love for you to be able to say your full name correctly for our audience <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, um, so uh, without without Czech pronunciation, my name is Roman Mastalir, but if you'd like to be brave, it's Roman Mastalir.
0: Oh, wow, it's that different. Um, yeah. Wow, and what is your uh, native tongue? Uh, what is your mother
1: language? Uh, I'm Czech, uh, it's Slavic language.
0: Wow, I, that's... You know, the the twist to all of this, as I mentioned, that I'm so intrigued to talk to you is that there's so many virtual event companies, platforms based in basically the US and UK, mostly, you know, I can start naming Mm -hmm. them. Uh, But I love the fact that it was kind of a surprise to Maddie and myself to discover that you guys are not based in those countries. So there's a lot to (sighs) uncover about your creative entrepreneurship the fact that the company is so young was kind of stemmed out of the pandemic um yeah absolutely looking forward to catch up on on all of that so first i would love to maybe catch up with you just a little bit on you know where you are so people can imagine you know what is the environment that you're in which you know which part of uh, Czech Republic do you do you live in you know in general i would love to know
1: Okay, so uh, this is quite a wide question. Um, I will try to be as short as possible, so we are not here till tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Um, Basically,
1: I live in Brno, which is the second biggest city in Czech Republic, uh, next to Prague, which is quite famous, I would say even in the United States. Mm. Uh, Our city is very close to Vienna. Um, That's just a fun fun fact. Um, Basically, um, we have some tradition of event management, even in Czech Republic. There is quite um, a lot of te- tech events and small meetups for entrepreneurs. And, and you know, um, we enjoyed the democracy for not, not that long. So um, it's uh, it's very um, nice environment to be in with, with uh, other young entrepreneurs. So that's basically where we started. Um, It was the beginning of event itself was in 2015, it was just a PR stunt because back then we had um, we had um, a development agency for mobile app development Mm -hmm. and this was literally just a PR stunt for small tech event here in Brno uh, because they had some some, uh, pain points, you know, uh, especially uh, when something in the agenda changed. All the attendees, they received the, you know, the, the, the paper agenda. And uh, the biggest struggle was that when some speaker canceled the attention uh, or his speech, uh, all the part timers, they had to overnight redo the whole agenda because it was already printed. So it was they, they used just pen, you know, through the whole agenda. So you as attendee would know, you know, when uh, is which session. And we said, like, hey, guys, we love your events. It's like annual event. So um, let us do this super cool small application for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so they agreed. And uh, eventually, you know, uh, event organizer loved loved the uh, idea. They loved the application. Even attendees, they, they fall in love with that as well. And in very few days, I think it, it was like two days after that, uh avast a uh, really big czech company uh, uh like a uh, security company they called me that they have uh, some event themselves and they saw our application they would like to use it
0: wow. and to
1: me that was a first signal
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that maybe um we could try to continue with the development maybe sometime there will be something out of it um and that's how we started basically in 2015 but back then we were just development agency and it was it was just you know part-time project let's say
0: wow so there's a lot to break down there so as you know a lot of my current listeners (laughs) and viewers on youtube and podcasts are uh, i would say mostly part-time creators and some full-time entrepreneurs as well i think everybody's dream uh, more or less i know that the dream can also hunt you too like you know what you know do you want to do this full time or part time what is more feasible um the work never stops when you're an entrepreneur as you know is that you know in 2015 you saw this opportunity you stepped you know you kind of stepped in and realized that a big security company reached out and they showed some interest um I think a lot of people didn't realize didn't realize um, the feasibility of Eventi until I think around 2019. I think you guys have this huge takeoff, but I'm kind of interested in learning even before the pandemic. Like just say before 2019, what was it like running a company? You know, did you grow rapidly? what happens after the the big company started to pay attention to you what are some of the ups and downs you may have uh, experienced that that comes to mind right now
1: yeah you're correct the the big takeoff started in 2019 and back then we realized that uh, we don't want to do the the agency business anymore so we closed the agency and we continued only only with aventi Mm-hmm. um to be honest at the beginning and even now we are still like newbies <laughs> we still try to find our way through the uh, you know through the sea and and try to uh not beaten by by those sharks um but back back then we didn't have enough money to proper marketing and you know do 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 those really expensive advertisement campaigns and everything so we started with um, with all the Free stuff, let's call it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we focused mainly on SEO, you know, content. Uh, so on multiple keywords, we were very first on on Google, uh, and we still are. Which um, are those keywords? Uh, do
0: you know? It doesn't have to be accurate. I was just wondering what, and they change all the time. Uh,
1: it it was yeah. Uh, back then, it was event mobile. Uh, sorry, uh, event mobile application. Okay application for mobile application for events and free event app, I think, mm-hmm. because we have freemium business model. I think one of the only one who who does that. Um, so that was the, the, yeah, that was those keywords.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, um, we are looking around things like, uh, we are looking into communities on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, we try to answer questions on Quora, you know, things like this uh at the beginning that was enough to um move the snowball let's say and we started to have first really like good customers one of them was um i don't remember exact agency but it was a government agency in california uh, in 2019 uh, sap which is a really big um, big software company um companies like this without any like active sales and prospecting it was all generic generic traffic um how did they find you
0: there's so many hidden gems here because uh you know so sometimes in retrospect sorry to interrupt you is uh you know we look at it it's like the story is told this way but how did you know sap and some of the other bigger companies find you not through ads in this case but did you ever ask did you ever uncover what that what that was back
1: then i i really try to ask uh, not all of them replied to be honest yeah. um, but mainly it was through our our blog articles or mm, simply SEO by googling
0: content wow yes okay
1: we started with content basically because that was the only one which we could afford back then <laughs> so yeah. it was it was mainly content
0: wow and i um you know, I, I'm thinking along the line of, you know, if I have my listeners right here, what type of questions would they ask? Is a lot of us have tried, you know, many of us, I I am now, I have been in digital marketing now for, oh my God, almost 20 years, I would say 15, depending on how you look at the age of, uh,
1: okay.
0: you know, uh, I was a computer programmer, you know, graduate from college in 20, uh, 2006. So have been working in tech pretty much ever since. And especially the past 10 years, as you know, there's so many things um, in the market, Facebook ads, Instagram, TikTok ads, blogging, different types of SEO strategies, Quora, like you mentioned, uh, Facebook groups, but a lot of, and then, you know, I am very active on YouTube, for instance, and I see YouTube, for me at least, is one of the best ways to reach out uh, to different customers, like proactively, but it's also without being salesy at all. So what are, I was just curious, like, what are some of the things that you tried that did work versus didn't work as well? Like from the organic side of things?
1: Hmm. Probably the worst uh, experiment, let's call it experiment, was um, a Facebook advertisement.
0: (laughs) Everybody says that. Sorry, please continue. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's just, it's. I, I, I do believe that uh, Facebook is great for uh, e-commerce. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they, they attract you and the, the short attention span, you know, um, it's highly emotional purchase. But we realized eventually that when anyone picks a venti, they always do their, their homework, they, they do the research. And we are one of multiple choices on their list. Uh, Luckily enough for us, uh, we mainly uh, mostly won. But uh, Facebook, I would say, is the the worst option to find new customers. What partially worked for us was um, trying to share content through uh, advertisement. So we were not sharing ads itself to Eventy homepage, for example, or some special landing page. We were sharing um blog articles
0: mm-hmm.
1: or we created we created uh, one ebook mm-hmm. uh, but that wasn't successful at all uh, it was as well as ex- experiment mm-hmm. um so i would say this is probably the worst but um, the best works for us uh, content overall so you know uh especially now we are at the top uh positions on google for uh, keywords like uh, how to get sponsors to my event and so on mm-hmm. and all those keywords are going to our blog article mm-hmm. um and through that we try to capture attention of the reader mm-hmm. um but overall best i would say is uh, basically google advertisement
0: mm-hmm. google.
1: Uh, on, on google search on google search wow. and try to um it's where to start. As I said few few moments ago, we realized that um, buying a venti is not something you do immediately. It's not impulsive purchase. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, thanks to this, we realized that it's it's best for us to be part of uh, those list like top uh, 10 event mobile apps. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good to be on G2 Crowd, uh, good good to be on Captura. Those two are probably the biggest one. And I truly recommend if you have B2B SaaS, be there, try to ask your users and customers to provide you with the review. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the best strategy. Mm -hmm. And on Google, we try to um, attack keywords like alternative uh, to something. So, for example, um, the biggest buzzword right now is hopping. So, when somebody is looking for alternative to hopping, yeah. we should be one of the first uh, advertisement uh, for these keywords. Mm-hmm. And um, our goal currently is not to convince you, convince you to immediately purchase a lmt. Mm-hmm. We try to convince you to not, not even convince you. We'd like to be present. Mm-hmm. We'd like to show you that we exist and uh, ask you for consideration for your event. That's that's what we do, and that, that's probably what currently works the best.
0: Mm, I, I love so many hidden gems here. Isn't it interesting when you talk to someone who has experimented with different things, they can share a real story. And yes, everybody's experience may be different, but until you actually have done the work, including some of the successes but to celebrate, but also some of the pains and that you live through and it's hard i've been an entrepreneur for quite a while now and i feel i feel the pain is that like, what do you mean this is execution that's perfect how could it not work um one of the things you brought up is uh you know finding that audience and knowing the intention of van by the way pricing wise it's very competitive compared to its competitors Hopin in being one of them who below like You guys are, have positioned yourself pricing wise to be way more affordable than some of the competitors. So my guess my first question is why that decision and how were you able to do it?
1: Well, we have this small advantage. Originally we were a development studio. So we have really like um, wide and deep technological knowledge um you know of all those things uh so i would say that at least with the set of features we do have now the cost of running the servers and cost of the features for us it's way cheaper than our competitors Mm. um that's that's the first thing uh of course we try to be aggressive on the market and uh, i would say from what i was doing as a research uh, I found that we are probably the only one who is offering um subscription based uh plan for event management tool usually uh, you pay per feature or you pay per event mm-hmm. but what we try to do um we try to be a typical saAS business you know with subscription based business model mm-hmm. if you do multiple events a year it's it's better for us to attract you to, to choose the higher tier of eventy mm-hmm. because you know the cost for the servers and everything is very similar mm-hmm. um but we can offer you more features and and uh, we can offer you multiple events a uh, year
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that's how we try to position ourselves on the market to be um on one one side more aggressive and on, on the other side we try to be as pro customer as possible
0: mm-hmm. and by the way where, where who came up with the the name eventy Is like attendee eventy or
1: <laughs> uh, it's uh that's a good question to be honest i think that um we were brainstorming for multiple days back in 2015 we didn't have even name when we released the, the application at the okay. beginning um and i think to be honest, that uh, this was uh, my colleague's idea. Um, Matthew, the, the original iOS developer, he came up with with the name, and we were just brainstorming, you know, random names. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is basically based from event, not 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 attendee, but event. And we try to you know find free domain at, at the same time, right. so eventy.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Uh, how many people are there? I think people are so, so imagining, like, you know, you have to manage and host multiple events working for these big companies. How big is Eventy?
1: You would be surprised. We are, uh, we are still a startup in mind and even in size. We we are a small team of 12 people.
0: 12 people?
1: Wow. Yes.
0: Fantastic. And is everybody located in, in the same place or anybody remote outside of um, Czech Republic?
1: Uh, both. Well, basically, basically we are like half of the team is in the office, half of the team is remote and we meet here once a week or so. So both.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is so cool. Um, I, you know, you mentioned earlier about B2B and sometimes When it comes to positioning of products, I get it. There's certain things that are clearly B2C, even C2C. Some are clearly B2B. And sometimes I think a lot, some of my clients, some of my followers, they are selling, they're working on something that's kind of like mm, a little bit of both. There's like that, and I see Eventy to be potentially for both as well. There are, you know, in the case of Inside Timer is clearly a business and, but I could also see some of the creative entrepreneurs creators, or, you know, people might want to teach teach people how to make a cupcake or something like that. There could be individual uh, creators leveraging Eventy as a platform. So my question is, where do you think the split is and as a company should someone or should you guys or should people who are watching right now kind of move the you know focus the majority of their attention on let's say business customers or consumers or we're both like how do you guys make that decision
1: that's a really difficult question i think it depends uh it's like for you in business perspective the answer is like where is the smoke there is fire and you should go that direction mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. um that's ver- very very difficult question like with avanti we do not um how to describe that it to me it doesn't matter if if you as a customer are entrepreneur uh solo entrepreneur or big enterprise you know i will try to provide both of you with the best possible service i can do um i think that the the positioning may solve itself um like over the time we, we are not doing any big changes um in short time we try to listen to our customers listen to our users Mm-hmm. Uh, how they imagine to use Aventi, what features are missing, you know, and then over the time Aventi is evolving. So my recommendation is like, do what you love, listen to your customers and evolve with your customers. It's it's hard to cut the rope, but probably if, if your future is with uh, sole entrepreneurs, you may cut those two big companies, which are most requesting uh, new features, but you know you would like to focus on those rest uh, 1,000 customers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the other way around. For us, it's uh, we didn't make this decision yet, mm-hmm. but most of our customers are bigger companies.
0: Yeah, isn't is it better to work with bigger companies? There's always a debate. Like even for my business overall, I've always liked working with. Creators or you know smaller entities, there's a a flexibility. When I say small, it used to be really small, like individuals or mom and pop shops. But the challenge is that they don't always have the budget to support the dream or the vision that they have. And then there are big companies with a lot of red tape. There's a lot of politics. And so right now, I feel like the medium-sized companies. I I think of Insight Timer being one of them. And the other client of mine is uh, Elcott Global focused on supply chain. These are medium-sized companies that I absolutely love uh, working with. I think the term is like SME, small and medium-sized businesses or enterprises that I absolutely love. So finding that, like you said, I think it's really important and to know not just feedback from anyone, but who do you want to have to nurture as future customers and really pay attention yes. to what they're saying?
1: Um, if I can follow up on this, yeah, um, I would say my life experience is it's not about companies. It's not about rules. It's all about people.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: can always have a really big client with awesome person on the other side and you can have very small company or sole entrepreneur Mm -hmm. who is the most demanding person in your life and he would like to just provide refunds you know Uh, so this really depends this really depends uh i'm to me personally it's not about size of the company to me it's personally it's about the person on the other side what we overall try to achieve is uh, we try to provide our customers with best possible user experience. That's probably our, like, biggest differentiator to our competitors. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as our competi- uh sorry, as long as our customers appreciate this, I'm satisfied.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I went I was nodding. And for anybody who's watching right now, my goodness, the, the person or the people, the team you're working with is essential. I noticed that for my years of working at a full time job, you know, people always say, oh, you worked on all of these shiny Fortune 500 clients. No, it's really about the consulting you know, team that I'm working with, the client team. If the people are fantastic, it, frankly, it doesn't matter how boring the project is. It could be, I don't know, it could be a spreadsheet project. I don't care. You're going to end up having a good time because you love the people you're interacting with on a regular basis. So I love the fact that we get to talk about a venti we have a related video to actually focus on features. So people want to check that out, I'm going to include a link in the description below. And um, I do want to kind of dive in a little bit on the international uh, multicultural side of the business a bit. As I mentioned before we started recording, I've taken, I have so much pride in terms of my content since releasing the podcast in 2014. It's been eight years now and focusing on diversity, a diverse, uh, you know, very group of people, their voices. I love accents. I think accents are relative, really, you know, and it's like in America, people say, Oh, this is a British accent. But then is it really it? You know, number one, there are multiple accents within the United States. And then, you know, we myself included, I'm an immigrant, but I go somewhere else, I clearly I clearly have an accent speaking American English. <laughs> so it's all very relative. Um, and I wonder, uh, you know, I, I think, what is it like to run a company? What are some of the misconceptions of running a company that is growing, that's getting more popular, but outside of the United States and UK and some of the other very, very popular, well-known areas, what is it like for, for you and your team?
1: Um, I would say there is no change comparing, trying to run this company from the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this like rule at the very beginning that Aventi uh, will be uh, developed first as an English product and then we translate it to our home language. Mm-hmm. So everything down marketing, uh, the product itself, if, even communication within the company, uh, even though currently all developers are Czech and Slovaks uh, and we understand each other, we try to document everything in English. Um, and then we try to translate all the all the marketing communication and so on to other languages even even to check so to our american customers and to our british customers i think that uh, they feel like we are american company even though we are here in small country in europe mm-hmm. um so there is there is no change for us to be honest maybe i don't know lower cost compared to uh, trying to run this business from new york i would say <laughs> uh, but overall it's 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 pretty same um uh, we do have uh, uh one foreign colleague currently constantin mm-hmm. he's from spain so um, that's 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 currently the only one um and yeah that's that's it i hope not i answered you your know. question I'm not sure
0: I've already <laughs> spoken with him once. I had no idea he's from Spain, and that's kind of yeah. the beauty of the moment that you step outside of the the U.S. and U.K. You kind of assume that people are from, you know, this one place, but it, as it turned out, people are from all over. And I just want to say that, it's, especially during the pandemic, my business has kind of transformed itself in a very natural way. That I think about my projects right now literally yesterday I was on this call and you know one you know everybody's originally from somewhere from India from Romania from the Philippines you know I'm originally from Beijing and I'm now based in Boston four people on a call not not two people were born and raised in the same place and that is kind of a I think it's a really beautiful thing and I think for you guys um whenever you hop on a call you know your customers are from I assume all over the world do you have a sense of Right? Like, where, where are most of your customers from? I would assume the US or North America, but yes. everywhere else too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, currently, like, almost 50% of all our customers, <clears throat> excuse me, all our customers are from the United States. Wow. Um, the second biggest market, I think, is still Czech Republic, but it's Going lower and lower because you know all the rest is it's um, much bigger. Um, but you're correct. We have customers all over the world, and and that's that's I, I love it as well. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. so nice to see that uh, you know we can from small city in Europe we can provide incredible tool to anyone in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's um, that's really nice feeling. It's very difficult to describe when when you have you know some service and you can you can sell it or provide it to anyone in the world without any any uh, issue
0: yeah do you think most of the companies or business businesses or software companies like yours uh, that are based in czech um are operating in this way uh, in in a sense that uh, they expect a lot of their customers to be international or do you think there are certain some of them are very very local hyper focus on local customers i i don't know i never really thought about it
1: well both both mm-hmm. um I know a lot of super like um, exciting startups here, even here in Brno. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm not sure uh, they are yet not that famous over uh, over uh, ocean. Um, but for example, Smartlook, um, it's one of our friends mm-hmm. and uh, they do some marketing tools for for marketing um, management. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are growing like crazy and and the tool is in english and they have they have um employees even in the united states now and all over the world so this smart is smart uh, look
0: smart book smart
1: look sm- smart. smart look
0: okay well smart look i haven't heard of them but i certainly will
1: yeah you should take a look it's 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 a tool which it's uh, i think it's similar to hojar uh and they do really really well
0: wow Analyze user behavior in ways never possible before. Fantastic.
1: Yes. Analytics. Yes.
0: Wow. Look at all those clients. So, this is great.
1: So like, um, Czech Republic tries to have those startups, which are um, more international, let's say, similar to, to Smart Look or or Aventi. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, we do have uh, local uh, startups like um, uh food delivery companies and so on you know things similar um similar to to walt or or some other brands
0: wow okay so my uh next question kind of related to it's so funny local international is that as your company is growing and by the way thanks for reminding me that started off in 2015 so it's been going on for seven years already at this point, uh, going on eighth year. And to a lot of people, it's it's a pretty long time, but I, I love the fact that it's something that you can continue to do and to build on. Now, a lot of people may be wondering, what about investors? And I think, you know, um, Hopin is a good example. I think Hopin is overrated and it's overvalued uh, and all that, I think it's all over the news. Um, and, you know, I actually had a personal experience using Hopin and I was kind of felt underwhelmed by some of the features and how it worked. But the intention was there. With that said, what is your positioning or thinking around hyper growth with investors versus staying, you know, lean and mean? which is, I'm just gonna say, that's kind of has always been my approach, like making my own decisions, having full creative control. So where are you on that? And how do you make those decisions?
1: Well, to be honest, Eventy already have uh, an angel investor. And uh, I would position myself somewhere in the middle. Like I'd like to grow really fast, but this hyper-grow like Hopin or you know similar products um, is to my opinion unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine myself to be able to manage the company in such a fast pace mm-hmm. because this is this is just my personal point of view, but uh, I love what I do. I really love working on Avanti. I love working with our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love to think about new features and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine that you are like growing 10x a year, maybe more. You as a CEO, your whole like business would be just dealing with investors. Yeah. You lose touch with the company. You basically do not care about the product anymore. You are just politi- politician, you know. Mm-hmm. You you need to go to the VCs, you know, to all the the all the funds. And I'm not sure that I'm prepared to be politician. <laughs> Uh, So far, I love working on the product. So, I like, uh, I'm not saying no to investors. We are currently looking for an investment uh, to support our growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd like to keep the pace in some sustainable way. Um, Basically, keep growing in, I don't know, 3x a year or something like that, which is more sustainable and manageable rather than 10, 20x. uh,
0: 10 20x that makes so much sense
1: don't don't tell this to our investors
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, and i think angel investors i've i've heard a lot of really good experience from different entrepreneurs about angel investing working with angel investors very very different approach compared to vcs or venture capital venture capitalists um, or or you know choosing investment that are too big frankly it always sounds like something that sounds so cool. That's something you can brag to your friends to your you know, to whoever. But it always is about taking the right amount of money um, that people can end up benefiting. And and like you said, going back to choosing the right people, angel investors are people if those people are the ones that you cannot trust, and then it's just gonna be a disaster awaiting to happen.
1: You you are 100% correct. You know, our angel investor, actually, like, it's it's long story but short we have two angel investors over the time both of them were like it's called smart money Mm -hmm. both of them are so nice and they are so much skilled in specific field like the first one he's very skilled in in product management or product design and he, he is, uh, he has one successful SaaS company here in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. So basically he was mentoring me how to do, um, uh, the whole process of acquiring customer, you know, how to, how to, uh, change some and tweak the administration and so on. Mm-hmm. The second one is a really good marketer. So he's helping us with marketing. Mm-hmm. So both of them were really like smart decisions. And I love meeting them. I love uh, having lunch with them and and just chatting about Avanti. How can we, you know, uh, grow even faster? And that's, you know, my my basically base position when when we will be choosing VC. Mm-hmm. Like um, I don't want to convince the VC that we are the right fit for them. It, there has to be some, you know, um, connection. Mm-hmm. They they need to see something in a venti in order to you know um be on the same page it's very difficult to explain but i don't want to be the salesperson and trying to sell a venti to somebody who will not be satisfied with yeah. that investment does it make any sense
0: yes it does i i'm yeah. also working on a product uh, i'm really excited about but at a much uh, smaller scale um you know who knows maybe in a week or two you know can talk to you guys about it but it's interesting, It's so I'm working on pod intelligence, which is a way of either taking in one hour or 50 hours of podcasts or webinar content and then running, uh, basically applying artificial intelligence and looking at the keywords, building out themes that they're AI-generated, automatically generated video and audio clips. And the funny thing is uh, we decided to reach out to some of the pretty prolific creators and, and companies, event companies, who wanted to know more about what we actually, you know, what we did? We hire these people for fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to be um, keynote speakers. What can we do more with the content? How can we monetize it? I just thought it was such a sweet spot for me to work with event <clears throat> companies like yourself. But whenever I approach customers or even, you know, prospects i i agree with you i never want to feel like i'm selling something i'm forcing i'm convincing them into believing something and i love it's interesting we got to this point of the conversation that i learned so much of you know selling a product versus selling myself as a consultant I'm just selling myself but selling a product it's so important to sell it to the right people and you have to experiment and learn and summarize from those lessons because when something is new or it feels too good to be true this is something that a lot of creators have always wanted companies especially but they're like really ai can solve these problems how and there are a lot of skeptics uh out there you know is like trying to shut it down it like no this will never work and and it's just really interesting for us to be in those conversations and uh, trying to tell an authentic story what it does what it doesn't do and then let other people decide it's like take your time you can decide
1: yeah yeah i remember when i was a teenager i was a sales rep in an apple retail store here in brno and there was this customer and he told me like roman you are really good you sold me the computer and i was like i i didn't try to sell you anything you know i just described to you how it works Right. So it has to be on the, on, the, on that level, like, hey, uh, this is an anti, this is what what it does. Um, and it's up to you if it's the best option for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no reason to have unsatisfied customers. Why?
0: Yeah, it's so true. And you have to refund them, they're going to suck up all the energy. And, you know, like you said, 90% of your time and still be completely dissatisfied. And it's so true that people always have to be you have to know where your point a is you need to know what your customers need to have and possess like originally not someone you have to like we call like kicking and dragging them through the finish line to run the event it's like oh that's so much headache they need to be creative independent and responsible flexible willing to learn and adapt there's it's so interesting that so much of this like we don't learn in school nobody told us how to run a business how to identify a good customer you just learn you have to kind of learn on the job so that's fascinating
1: yeah you're correct (laughs) you are correct i remember uh, sorry yeah i just wanted to mention that i i I went to new york for three months uh, to one business accelerator to be accelerated with aventi back in 2018 and uh, all those mentors, uh, everything we learned there, uh, I felt like, guy, guys, I I, I learned more in these three months than during my whole college study. Yeah, it's like um, because it was so practical, you know. I had the product, and all those awesome people were advising me how to improve the product, how to improve marketing, how to improve sales, and it was so real. It, you could literally touch it. And see the results. Um, that's so why I think about it this way that I, I literally learned more in those three months mm-hmm. regarding business and marketing than in my five years of study at the university.
0: <laughs> I, I could have saved all the time and money. What are some, I know it's from 2018. If I could just like run over a few minutes for our conversation here, Roman, what are some of the things that still That you can still remember, you probably can remember a lot, can remember a lot because it was such a prolific experience, a memorable experience. What are some of the uh, marketing or or marketing sales or product things that come to mind? I bet some of those may even seem counterintuitive than we, many of us think should work.
1: That's a really tough question, to be honest. It's it's a really long time ago. And uh, even though back then it was a huge push forward, we overgrow since then we overgrow all those advices. so I, I, I don't remember that much but we, we tried for example, one advice which was really nice was um, uh, start with Quora mm. um, answering those questions on Quora in the name of the company. So
0: yeah
1: in our case, you know there is somebody asking about some advice uh, uh, regarding event management. So my colleague, Ian, she just, you know, tried to find those questions. She replied very nicely, politely, and and uh, formally to the question. Uh, and at the bottom of the message, is like, and I'm Ian from Aventi. If you need any anything more, just, just let me know. Uh, so that's something we learned uh, in New York. At the same time, advertising on Quora, I'm not sure about today, but back then it was way cheaper than anything else. Wow. So we tried few campaigns and it was quite successful like for just a few bucks we had a lot of signups so that's my recommendation to try for example this um not regular media like google search or facebook try quora try reddit uh, try maybe twitter um we even tried linkedin back then but um like after Two, maybe three clicks uh, we we burnt our budget like 20 bucks it's super expensive <laughs> After
0: two clicks, it's so expensive yeah it's so expensive on linkedin sorry it's true
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, yeah there was this awesome mentor um, uh, teaching us how to do sales in the united states yeah but the result of all these uh, classes is that uh, it's very difficult and y- you need to hire american to be able to sell anything in the united states it's like it's very difficult to do um because we have very different mentality i would say for example here um i would i would say in general in europe it's not that common to call right in the united states you are mainly in hurry and it's very natural for you to to have a call but here you try to exchange emails you try to you know um i don't know Mm -hmm. use any other way to reach the person Mm -hmm. but you are not calling that much calling is considered as something really bad and uh, there is very small chance that um you you will basically win the lead at the end because they would think that you are a scammer or something like that in the united states when we were trying to teach how to do the proper sales we were mainly calling Wow. which to me uh, as somebody who didn't have any experience before uh, was very uncomfortable you know uh, you are not native and and you know what if the person on the other side would be mad and things like this so that, that was really different um and i think that maybe it's based on the personality as well but overall uh, having good salesperson in the united states i think Could be better than a good person in europe
0: Mm. these these are such incredible lessons learned a lot of people Mm. i think outside of the u.s don't get to hear this and one of the recent webinars that i did uh in front of a israeli like startup group was all about how to penetrate the u.s market how to uh really work on even influencer Mm. programs how to understand all this Um, what you said was actually also very helpful on top of that so um, I've taken up more time than I booked. Uh, is there anything else, uh, Roman, that you like to share with our audience before we wrap up?
1: So uh, one big advice to you or any entrepreneur: what really works great for us, Konstantin, uh, he's a really awesome person. Um, he's a, he's a, uh, really good. He's he he's chatty, let's say, um, and a really nice guy. But what he what he do sorry what he does is that when he has a demo with clients uh showing how LT works and so on what he does eventually he use loom um, the tool for recording uh, your your um, screen and at the same time there is a small bubble with camera so uh, your client can see at the same time desktop and you mm-hmm. and after each demo uh, he basically asked the customer or leads uh, if they are interested in such, such a video. So what he, what he does is that he records the video top five minutes uh, about all the things he was showing during the demo, mm-hmm. because not always the person on the demo is the decision maker. Yeah. And we got really, really good uh, feedback on this from our leads and customers. And uh, one number I would love to share with you is that 40% of all people who book them with a uh, are our customers. And this is one of the reasons. One of them is uh, because of Konstantin, of course, but the second one is because of the video. We have great feedback on this one. So my recommendation, you save so much time and money. If somebody, your customer, your client ask you for some feedback or some some support Mm -hmm. the easiest way how to do it is record very short video rather than you know uh, answering with super long email like hey step one you need to click this then do this then do this so true record a video and they will be super amazed
0: yeah and then i agree with you i only recently oh it was so silly of me i only recently started turning on the video and not that i didn't know the feature existed i just always assume like why would they want to see me sometimes i'm doing it at 11 30 at night i'm just all kind of tired and it, it just made a huge difference of people feeling that they could see you that you don't have you don't need makeup on you don't need to be overly perky but the fact that you show your face, that boom, the instant connection. We you think about when you meet yes. someone on Zoom, right? Versus you're just talking to someone on the phone, you're multitasking. Um, I, I It's so funny. Like in, in Paris, I learned that there's such thing as like people watching all the little tables outside the restaurants and you're eating this, I don't know, average salad, but you're watching people walk by, you're watching the dogs. We just have the tendency. We like to actually look at another person. It just makes the experience more way more alive as opposed to uh you know talking to a robot so i love that feedback. we are a
1: social species
0: yeah especially during the pandemic like seeing another person to explain something to you that's actually about you your project it, it's phenomenal yeah that's oh, I'm so glad And
1: that's another topic i'd like to open um
0: please <laughs> i i
1: i, I, I I run the data at Eventy and I saw, you know, eventually at the beginning, Eventy was just in-person for in-person events uh, with the mobile application and because of COVID, we almost went bankrupt and we we had to pivot the whole business toward hybrid and virtual events. But now, nobody cares about virtual events. That's why I think that Hopin is is, uh, overvalued.
0: Mm.
1: Nobody cares in the system i see that till end of this year every single customer is planning just in person events mm-hmm. and very few of them are planning hybrid events
0: interesting you know
1: i always considered hybrid as as the way out as uh, as the way how to make extra bucks let's say mm-hmm. but our customers mostly they tell me hey this is this is just you know too much work we rather have less money doing just in-person uh in-person event mm-hmm. because having hybrid event we would have to you know have this uh audio video company in here the whole crew um the 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 i don't know the the computer have to be recorded and everything it's so much hustle for a few bucks mm-hmm. so you know everyone is so happy that COVID is finally over i hope so <laughs> <laughs> um and everyone can go back to in-person events. Mm-hmm. So m- maybe the future will be still the same. Like like nothing happened. No hybrid, no virtual, just mm-hmm. few virtual events, um, something extra to webinars on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But overall, uh, in-person will lead the way.
0: Interesting. I think hybrid, okay, my, my observation of some of the things, the themes I'm seeing now is I agree with you. Hybrid is really a pain and whether it's a regular meeting or it's a big event it's hard to pay attention to both people online or in the room and it actually takes a lot of skills uh that way i have a feeling i'm i'm hearing a little bit of a mixed feedback people really want to see each other now but the travel uh and you know i know companies who are sending their employees from all over the united states to like colorado like oh that's where most people are and it's just a pain a lot of people just they want to be in person, but traveling and all that with a restriction is still very real. Um, You know, recently I was at a wedding that could have been a virtual whatever. My cousin, you know, absolutely, you know, planned for the whole thing for a year. We went and obviously it was high risk and we loved seeing each other. So I have a feeling that hybrid is maybe strange uh, at times but i have a feeling there's probably going to be more of a combination of like in person but i do believe virtual will still be there depending on what it is yes. I depending on the event um even for the even way before covid i've seen that whether this event is 3000 5000 but hey if you pay 500 dollars it will send you the recording after and um but then people were saying like i want to access sooner i want to have sort of that uh, in person experience what what do we do so i would be interested in seeing what happens at the end of this year and into
1: 2023, you are 100% correct. It's it's not all just in person events. Definitely, the, there will be use cases, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but those semi big events, let's say 1,000 to 2,000 attendees, you know, I, I really do believe that they will be mainly in person, maybe a little bit hybrid.
0: Yeah.
1: But. Yeah. um I always try to ask question to myself as as I would be attendee. Mm-hmm. You know, why to try to attend event virtually? Mm-hmm. I can watch a YouTube video with the same content from the same uh, speaker, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, a few days ago, we went to Prague to one big tech event uh, in Prague, Web Expo, mm-hmm. and for us, it was like team building. it's totally different, you know, flow, totally different mood. Like we enjoyed ourselves. It was like the whole team team building. Um, We saw a few speakers in person. I saw many friends from other companies in person. I wouldn't be uh, able before. So I'm not saying no to virtual events. I'm not saying no to hybrid events. It was just interesting to me that most of our customers, what they do, they organize mostly in-person events that was like interesting feedback
0: wow are, are most of your customers you're referring to base in czech or all over the world like no no, no. all over the world mm.
1: i basically looked in looked into our database yeah. and i checked all the event dates till end of this year and i was able to see uh, i did this in april i think and i was able to see like hey in april there is there is like 10 percent of virtual events yeah, and it's getting lower and lower, and through the summer and till end of the year, it's just in-person events. And Few of them are hybrid.
0: Are people able to use Eventy for in-person events as well?
1: Oh yes, yes. Yeah, uh, that's
0: another thing we didn't talk about, right?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Eventy was originally for in-person events, and we do have really, really good mobile application. Yeah. Um, because as a dev shop, we were mobile developer agency uh, back then. So that 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 was what we started with, just mobile application. And because of COVID, we had to add this virtual event support.
0: So fun. Um, yeah. This is the add-on. Yeah. The Virtual is the add-on, and now you can download. exactly,
1: uh, exactly.
0: A lot of apps. I mean, before you guys, uh, only Eventbrite has you know been around for a long time, and they certainly don't do a lot of the things that, you know, you're able to do, people are able to do with Eventy, obviously, but they were also very focused on in-person events, even, you know, generating QR code that you print out on a piece of paper, you walk into the event, you can scan it. Uh, Interesting. I forgot to add, my last question related to the companies you're seeing now trending towards, a lot towards in-person events. What kind of industries are they in? Are they software, retail, or hospitality? what are the
1: themes uh to be honest there is no uh i try to study the icp and even even the persona but it's it's so wide. yeah it's yeah. like it's very difficult to narrow it down there is no niche mm-hmm. there is no niche market basically mm. um give you an example like the most common customers are these semi-big events one maximum two events per year mm-hmm. then universities Mm-hmm. We have uh, Stanford, Oxford, and other really big universities all around the world. Wow. Then big companies like mm-hmm. TomTom is our customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forbes is our customer, not the American one. <laughs> Forbes, um, oh,
0: the the car company. Forbes,
1: Forbes, Forbes. Oh,
0: Forbes. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, it's it's um, there is there is no exact industry. You know, it's from um being a magazine doing events for for uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to through universities to technological companies
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so we cover cover uh cover this all. all
0: good actually i would like to leave people on the note of eventy especially people who follow me here thinking about running uh you know when they think about like medium size to larger size conferences, virtual events. A lot of you guys are really stuck on Zoom, Zoom webinar. You know it's convenient, everybody knows how to use Zoom, but <clears throat> Zoom webinar, Zoom events are getting even more expensive with a lot of limitations. And um, I just wanna say, you know, with Eventi, um, again, you know, Eventi is one of several options, but Eventy's, I think the the beauty is the price point is very reasonable. You're able to build out your own agenda. So you could literally be running events for 24 hours, whatever it may be, having 15 speakers. You're able to give each other a slot. You're able to build out bios, links. You can attach additional resources. You can have sponsors. All those things just cannot be achieved with Zoom events. So like, I think for that reason, I encourage people to check it out to see if it's right for you. And with that said, Roman, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope to chat with you again.
1: Thank you for the invitation.